Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This is Johnny with AV Insider. Hopefully you've recognized my voice to the point where you've liked have come back multiple times or if you have never heard my voice and you're afraid, don't be afraid, keep listening. This is a great show. It's all about AV technology in the CI space, commercial resi and everything in between. Uh, today, as always, I have a special guest and today I'm speaking with Doug Henderson who is the Senior VP of JL Audio Home Division, and hopefully, Doug, I said all that correctly, because if it's all wrong or any of it's wrong, I would love for you to correct me. No, you got it more right than wrong. Okay, let's just say you're the CEO of the JL Audio Home Division. Does that, that work? sounds good to me. Yeah, okay. that works. All right, let's get this man a raise, too, because he's now been promoted to CEO, everybody. Um, <laughs> and, and the intriguing part to me, and probably because I'm just uh, completely unaware, I didn't know there was a home division of JL Audio. I, I was completely unaware of that. So we've had home products actually going back to 2004. That's how I believe uh, home. Yeah, they're home subwoofers. Um, we are only a subwoofer brand at the present time in, in home audio. And, and, and I would say most. Most enthusiasts are well aware of those subwoofers. Yeah. Uh, what most what most people are not aware is that we are a very large audio brand beyond those. So the home guys know us for the subs. Uh, we have a very large car audio uh, division, which was actually what really launched the uh, the company into manufacturing many years ago. And uh, in more recent years, we've developed a very big uh, marine audio division, and uh, those are actually the larger parts of the of the business. Okay. Uh, and the home the home guys don't have much visibility to that. Yeah. So I I should correct myself. I I did not mean that I didn't know there was a home division. I didn't know that there was anything beyond subwoofers because when I hear JL Audio, I think subwoofers because in my installer days from the CI space. JL subwoofers. If you love bass, right. you love JL audio. You know why? Right. Go check out one of their subwoofers. Then tell me you don't love them. Um, right. So, but beyond that, what I would love to do is get the the story kind of of JL audio, which you've kind of just sort of mentioned. But uh, before we sort of touch on what is currently coming from JL audio and possibly the future, I would love for you to share any and all details that you'd care to share with us about your past history in in our AV and technology space. Maybe JL Audio is your first technology slash audio job ever, or maybe it's your first job ever. I don't know. But uh, if you'd like to give us a little bit of background about yourself, I'd love to hear it. Sure, sure. I, I almost wish it was my first job ever, because then I would be a much much younger man. But no, my my, my audio career now officially goes past forty years. Um, wow. I I start I I started in uh, well I started as a as a kid as just an enthusiast. I was a music loving kid, and I couldn't afford to buy a stereo. So I, in, in what's a fairly time honored way, figured I could I could create one for myself, and and did that really almost from my preteens, and then in the Late 70s, I got a job in a little retailer in Manhattan. I, I grew up in the New York area and uh, uh, went to college with an intention to become a lawyer, decided I didn't want to be a lawyer, didn't have a plan B, went back into a retail job after I graduated from college. And that actually led to a manufacturing job uh, or a job at a manufacturer, which was Dahlquist speakers. Some people still remember Dahlquist and the DQ10 uh, from the early 80s. 
and uh, still wasn't thinking career, but uh, but it was a fascinating place to be. And um, Saul Morantz was one of the investors in that company, and I got to know Saul and uh, went to a CES and looked around and saw this much bigger industry and thought, boy, this is something I enjoy and have always enjoyed, and you can actually have a career in it. Um, so from about that point on, call it 83, 84, I focused on the audio industry as a career. And uh, here I am still going strong. So the, the high point before JL, and I've only been with JL Audio since May, uh, was the last 10 years I was the president and CEO of the B&W Group, Bowers and Wilkins, Rotel and Class A in North America. So I'm just going to take um, a, a quick note here on the on the computer. Has just started audio job. Got it. <laughs> just kidding. No, no experience prior. Uh, so no, that's great. There was, I, that's uh, there was there was also 22 years in there as an independent rep in the New York area, and I had the privilege of representing some of the some of the really great brands in, in audio history. Uh, which include brands like Krell and Audio Research and B&W and, uh, and many others. So uh, uh, a, w a wide range of experiences on that side as well. So what I'm hearing is that, I mean, not everyone has a story, but a lot of the people that come to my show, at least the people that I've interviewed, um, kind of have, have shared this common denominator of either A, I sort of just answered an ad in the paper and here I am, or uh, from a young preteen, I was interested as an audio enthusiast, and I decided I want to build either my own speakers, my own amplifiers, my own radio, because I couldn't afford it. But I said, well, why mm -hmm. couldn't I build that? And I sort of tinkered and just kind of did that and eventually either built my own company, landed in a manufacturer's job, um, and whatever positions they may hold, you know, from, you know, sales to CEO and, and, and everything in between, um, mm -hmm. all sort of shared this love for for the industry on some level, even the, even the ones that sort of just fell into it by answering an ad because obviously they're still here and they stuck with it. So, right. yeah, it's just interesting to, to kind of hear people's backgrounds and, and how they all started. And like I said, on some level, you all sort of share the same sort of common denominator for the love of the industry. Well, it's an, it's an enthusiast based field. And uh, I, I always say that there are an awful lot of accidental business that businessmen and women uh, in this field, um, we were drawn to it because, as you say, we were passionate about audio. We were passionate about music in most cases. Yeah. There's a lot of frustrated musicians in this business. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and then you, then you realize, at least some of us do, and of course, you know, some people dropped out along the way, but some of us realize it can be a, it can be a good career opportunity as well. Okay. And like you said, uh, as of May is when you are officially started with JL Audio in the home division, correct? Cor correct. Okay. Before we sort of talk on the home division, because this is sort of, I guess, sort of falls in line with the integration and, uh, and such. Mm -hmm. if you, can you give me a little bit of background about JL Audio as a whole of who JL Audio is? We mentioned subwoofers, right? And I said, if you love yeah. subwoofers and you love bass, you're definitely going to check out jail so but yeah oh, absolutely yeah well the the interesting thing is and i'll give you a little bit on the history of the company which i think is you know just a wonderful story yeah uh, but before, before before i jump into that i can tell you that as a competitor and when i was with bnw we were competing with jl on the subwoofer side hmm. uh, i always saw the company's products as the benchmarks uh, right. and frankly felt that we needed to 
up our game to get to the JL audio level. Uh, I challenged our engineers at BMW actually to get to the JL audio level. And uh, truth be told, we never quite got there. So I, I had this tremendous respect for JL Audio uh, going back to the launch of the original Fathoms. And then I would sneak by at every, at every CDS show and see what else the company had cooked up. And the line kept getting bigger and I kept getting more nervous. Um, <laughs> and of course, the, the dealer reaction was extremely positive to each generation of product that was launched. Uh, so I had JL Audio firmly on the brain, and um, as, as people, many people know, BMW was sold in May of 2016. Uh, I stayed on for a year in transition, and then decided that uh, that I needed greener pastures. Uh, and and JL Audio was literally at the top of the list. I did the thing that everybody that is in a job search mode should do, which is I made a list of brands that were interesting to me that I thought I could add something to. And, and literally, JL Audio was number one on the list. So I, I consider myself very fortunate to have found my way into this position. Yeah, just and, you, you got uh, locked out by hitting number one. Well, exactly. Uh, and, you know, look, at it was a bit of a campaign uh, on my part to do that, and that's also the right thing to do. But really, when I had my first meeting, with the company uh, and with the key executives, it just felt like home. It felt like home for me. I think it felt like home for them. Uh, it was just a good fit. And and you might say that that that's revealing in and of itself that the company has ambitions beyond subwoofers. Um, yes. So, but but if I wind the clock back, and let me do that just briefly, uh, because again, I think it's a great story. Um, the company is still run by Lucio Proni. Uh, who's the uh, L of JL Audio, and his original partner, Jim Birch, is still head of human resources at the company. So the, the two guys that started the, the brand back in 1975 when they were university students are still very much you know, running the show today uh, with a lot of help, but, uh, but it's a privately owned company with the founders still in the building. And, and to me, that was, that was sort of a key characteristic that I was looking for. Um, they, uh, again, they started in 1975. They started, you know, not unlike me. And as you were saying, a lot of other people, uh, just drawn to the business out of their own personal enthusiasm. Uh, I'm sure that they weren't thinking it was going to be a career back in the early days, but, but they found, uh, that they could build and sell speakers and, you know, that there were people that were willing to give them money. And so they founded a retail business called Speaker Warehouse. And uh, again, this would have been in the late seventies heading into the 1980s. Uh, Lucio started to focus on the speaker design aspects. That was where his talents drew him, and, and Jim was running the retail stores. So what was interesting about the 1980s is it's a, it's a time frame in which car audio really started to blow up, and uh, they were drawn into the car audio world, even though they started in home, and uh, specifically into car subwoofers because they identified that the subwoofers that were available for cars at that point were really pretty weak uh, from a performance standpoint. And, and they sort of intuitively saw that as a, as a market opportunity. Um, so subwoofers kind of came to the fore out of the car audio business, uh, again, just because there was a hole in the market. Um, they got involved with the competitive sound offs. Uh, some people would remember, and I think sound offs continue to this day, but the 80s were when car sound offs were, you know, they literally were competitive events, uh, uh, began to become a very popular thing. And, uh, you know, Lu Lu Lucio is a competitive guy, so that just sort of naturally appealed to him. 
and it really forced them to design better products. Um, so they began to win those competitions, and the winning of those competitions started to attract a lot of attention from dealers around the country. So here's this outfit based in Florida with their own retail business, sort of in the formative years of, of manufacturing their own products, and now the phone starts to ring because who are these guys and how do they make those subwoofers? Um, and uh, that is the first turning point in the company when they saw the opportunity to abandon retail and focus on manufacturing, and effectively that's when JL Audio was born. Well, that's great, and since then, like, well, I guess we've, we've sort of been alluding to this, uh, from that, that point in time, like said subwoofers, 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 specifically right. on the home audio side, right? But there are other products. Right. We talk about marine audio, mobile audio, power sports gear, things like that. Um, yeah. So before we sort of discuss the products and what's, uh, what's available, how it's done and such, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you mentioned, you know, some of the trade shows, you mentioned CES, just going to there and seeing some products. What, mm -hmm. what trade shows can, uh, the customers, consumers, dealers kind of come to meet you, the, the owners, the, the sales staff and sort of get that sort of same sort of, uh, sound off feel right we want to get an audio demonstration in person and also speak with you which typically happens in my opinion at the trade show so can you tell me what trade shows if any that you attend well we will be at cedia this year but in a in a non-exhibiting context so okay. i will be there a contingent of our engineers will be there and our sales team will be there and we'll be meeting with dealers Got it. Um, we're not we're not on the show floor this year, largely because we don't have a new product to show this year, um, and uh, I expect that we'll have a return to Cedia though in the future. Okay. Um, we we we're at the at the various car audio shows, at the marine shows, we're at the big boat shows, and quite candidly, I I have an ambition to. Uh, to have the home products uh, eventually uh, on display at some of those big boat shows like the Fort Lauderdale show, yeah. uh, where we had the opportunity to talk to consumers and beyond just the boundaries of traditional audiophiles. Um, you know, I think, and, and it's, a, it's a wider topic we can get into. Uh, uh, I think the, the, the challenge we have in this business is to expand the market to new customers and not just to continue to live off, frankly, people my age and older. Uh, who grew up with component audio? Uh, we we need we need younger people involved, so we have to start doing some different things. Um, the other thing I'm very excited about in terms of showcasing, and because trade shows are really not a great environment to hear things, uh, particularly at the performance level that we aspire to. Um, so we are building a 30,000 square foot experience center in in Miramar. Uh, which is South Florida, basically about uh, half an hour from the Fort Lauderdale Airport, a beautiful spot. And uh, would you we get that open in Northern California, closer to me? Because that would be very well. That, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Well, that would be lovely too. But no, I'm 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 afraid we're very Near much Mark. a yeah, we're very much a Southern Florida-based uh, company. Um, but the good news is, uh, is Florida is a great place to visit, and uh, certainly through the winter. So. Love to have you out, and yeah. And again, when we get that open, it would be an opportunity for for dealers and distributors and even consumers to uh, to experience our products and see the manufacturing facility, which is super impressive. 
Did you, uh, and really get a sense of the company. Did you say you had a time frame of when this would be completed? The, the ambition, yet? and well, the ambition is is late first quarter next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, call it March, April. But you know, yeah. we know that things never really track the plan. So right. I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping that by uh, by mid next year we're we're uh, entertaining there. Sure. Okay. Before we kind of uh, again go go into the products, because uh, I want to get into the details of the home audio subwoofer offerings at this moment. Sure. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about. We talked about dealers and such, right? So obviously you have a mm-hmm. dealer program or some sort of setup for dealers to become a JL yep. audio dealer. But at the same time, I we see that, that you have pricing on your website, which I'm assuming is MSRP. But do you also mm-hmm. do you have the um, option are are there distributors as well or are you a strict uh direct dealer company uh well we're a direct dealer company with a couple of exceptions uh, mostly in smaller markets uh, where the dealer population is is thin Um, Mm. these are things that uh, you know are always under evaluation Uh, i will tell you my my preference is a direct dealer relationship i think that's that's best uh, but I'm not I'm not prejudging anything. Uh, mm-hmm. There are sometimes you know different solutions for different markets that can work. Uh, but by all means, we're interested in in uh, demonstrating value added dealers, a product like ours, and a product range like ours to appreciate why you would move from one level to the next. At the end of the day, it it has to be demonstrated. And yeah. uh, and I and I also believe and across my career and the expertise. Of, of dealers, uh, and you have to reward that uh, uh, by by allowing them a certain level of market. I don't want to say exclusivity, but 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 um, you know they need a fair trading area. Put it that way uh, to to develop the you know investments in their sound rooms and their staff. So we know what shows that you're going to be at. Um, and possibly next year, I would normally I would ask you what booth, but since you're sort of just roaming around, uh, for the people that are are dealers currently, and they will be going to CDN next month in the well, I guess not sorry next month, the following month, September, in warm San Diego, California, uh, what's the best mm-hmm. way to reach out? I'm, I'm assuming get with their local rep and then uh, schedule a meeting, or how does that work? Well, correct. They they can schedule a meeting through their rep. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a group of uh, what we call area sales directors uh, uh, and uh, so between the reps and the and the ASDs they would schedule a meeting uh, I am uh, very interested in meeting with dealers at CD again we'll we'll have a suite basically just for meeting purposes okay. um, but uh, but but I'll be there and and you know very interested in in uh, meeting with any and all dealers who want to come by so I, uh, I've been at this for so long, uh, a great number of the dealers I would consider personal friends and they know how to find me. They have my, they have my cell phone and my email, but, uh, so, you know, we'll look forward to reconnecting for sure. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit about the, the home audio products, which in this case are the electronics and the subwoofers looks currently like mm-hmm. you have two categories. You're going to have the, your powered subwoofers as well as your in-wall subwoofers. Um, yeah. Yeah, technically we have four series of, of in-room subwoofers, uh, starting at the entry level with the Dominions and then stepping up to the E-series, uh, Fathom and, and the big, the big Mac Daddy Gotham. Uh, mm-hmm. and then we have two, uh, in-wall models, uh, one at the Fathom level, which is really an extraordinary piece. And then a, it's actually our newest product just launched at the beginning of this year, 
which is the IWS for in-wall subwoofer 108, and it's an it's an eight-inch format subwoofer uh, with a pre-construction enclosure, uh, very small, low-profile grill, a ten and a half-inch square grill, uh, really an outstanding product and uh, and a great value as well. Hmm. Okay, and we've mentioned a few times in terms of currently the home division is subwoofers and that's all i've ever known as jl audio right at least on the home side right subwoofers 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 if you love bass right you start with jl and if your customer can't afford it well maybe you look at a less expensive version and present something different right right because if there's one thing that you do well and like superbly it's it's subs it's it's a it's your low end frequencies and that's that's the subwoofer you put in a home project yes yes well, yeah, you're right, and and most most of our home dealers uh, and and even home consumers um, are not aware of how big the company is in the car and the marine world. So I always say we're we're a we're a subwoofer brand in home, but we are a full range brand in car and marine, and those are actually very sophisticated full range systems, multi amplified, DSP controlled, uh, fully tuned in those environments. Uh, really, really sophisticated systems, uh, and uh, and again, the, the 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 simple truth of the matter is that's where most of the growth has been found. It really, effectively, the origins of the company, even though the original original company was selling home uh, speakers, uh, when the, when the manufacturing business got rolling, it was on the car side, which you know sort of logically transitioned into the marine space. Right. Um, but here we here here we are in 2018. And uh, with the company very firmly established, and again, as I may have mentioned, we've got 400 employees in the Miramar uh, factory, and the factory itself is 200,000 square feet. Uh, it's it's massive, and and I and I underscore those things for the benefit of of home dealers and home consumers who would not expect that we were at that scale, uh, and and that gives us the resources, the engineering talent, uh, the manufacturing talent. Uh, to do some really extraordinary things. And so here we are, and, and I'm here, and the intention is to really focus our, our energies on the home space uh, because there's a great opportunity for the brand. Uh, you know, we've got the reputation. We've had the quality products. Uh, we just haven't gone further than base frequencies so far in the home space, but it certainly doesn't mean we can't. Right, and I would imagine, and you could – not answer this. I would imagine that that is something that's on the horizon now that you're on board in and running the home audio division. Um, yes, I, good. I was going to say your, your, your imagination is correct. <laughs> um, but, but I would add beyond that, that it's always been a goal. I mean, I'm, I'm not the one that brought the goal in. Um, uh, I, I hope to be the one that sees it through with the help of all the really great people in the company. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, what what I think I probably have brought in is a real feel for the, the home business, uh, for the distribution channels, and, and also for the scale of the opportunity. Uh, so when you're a successful brand in one space, you have to be very careful how, how you, um, you know, essentially spend or invest your resources. You, you need to make sure you're doing that uh, smartly. And... Um, uh, with my involvement, I think the company now has the faith that we will get the return on investment as we develop further home products. And so that's, that's I think, really what I bring is that, that long perspective of involvement in the home in industry, 
at a very high level, uh, particularly with the BMW Group, uh, but really over the course of my career for the last four decades. Yeah, I was just going to say, when I hear something to the effect that JL Audio, who does low-end frequency superbly in the home audio space, and obviously in the marine and mobile audio as well, but in the home audio space, right? Not typically known for other areas at home, for anything other than subwoofers, right? In my opinion, when I hear something that that JL Audio has brought the former CEO of Bowers and Wilkins, a very high-end audio company, uh, especially when it comes to the high-end residential market, I think the very first thing that comes to mind, and and running the home audio division, I think that they're gearing up to give everyone else a run for their money, right? I think that there's going to be a lot of R and D in the home audio arena products. Uh, whether that's bookshelves, in-wall ceiling, uh, in-walls, in-ceilings, exterior speakers, and everything in between. Maybe some really, really beautiful two-channel product. I don't know. But again, when I hear what, where you've come from and what you've been doing for the last several decades and doing it well and come over to another company that doesn't quite have that arena or area developed in their company, and like you said, it may not have been your idea, but with your experience – when a company like JL brings you in to run that division, I think they are gearing up for something big. They are giving, they're gearing up to, to show the world what they are capable of and just really grow yeah, that market. I, I think that's a very good observation. And, uh, <laughs> Again, these are just my you. thoughts. Yeah. yeah. And I thank you for the flattery on, 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 on my behalf. Um, well, thank you. Uh, but yes, I, you know, I, I, I think the, the company has, has long had an ambition to do this yeah. as, as, as long had, uh, I think the capability, but maybe, maybe not quite the, you know, the point person. And again, taking nothing away from the, 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 the folks that built the subwoofer business and, and established that so firmly as, as a benchmark, that was all great work. Um, so I'm, I'm building on the work that's been done. And, and thankfully, you know, you don't walk into any dealer anywhere and say JL Audio and get people yawning or saying, well, those are, those are not first-rate products. Everyone <laughs> agrees that they're, they're fabulous products. Right. So it, 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 it is our opportunity to take this further. And, uh, you know, when I, when I look at what we have in, in sort of our bag, when, when, you know, you refer to a brand's DNA, uh, you see things like really innovative transducer design, numerous patents in, in, in transducer design, uh, and the actual driver design. And it's really hard. I mean, dr dynamic drivers have been around since the beginning of time, it seems. So it's really hard to get new patents uh, on, on driver design, and we've got a bunch of them. Um, the, uh, the acoustic design folks are, are incredible. Um, you know, our enclosures are fabulous. Uh, we use very, very sophisticated DSP these days. Uh, and that DSP is employed both in terms of internal tuning and, and also external, i.e. room tuning. Uh, the, the subwoofers, for instance, the Fathoms, uh, the 8-inch in-wall sub that I referenced, uh, mm -hmm. use the 18-band the PEQ-based uh, Darrow circuitry. Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's really an incredibly uh, powerful tool. Uh, so, you know, we've got all of these things and, you know, they're all aimed at the performance end of the spectrum. You know, everything is in the service of performance, kind of no nonsense performance. Uh, again, you look at a JL product and it just screams, this is purpose built. This is a no nonsense uh, product. It's not, it's not created to come up with clever marketing copy. copy. Right. Um, so, 
you know, we've got that great toolkit, and all of what I mentioned is applicable to a broader range of home products. It's very exciting stuff. Right. So, what, again, uh, just to add on to my thought process, uh, I left out, and what I think may also be in the works, and again, not to take away from the former uh, team, or well, the, the current team now adding you, um, mm-hmm. because they may have been talking about this for a while, but it, again, it just sounds like by bringing in these people, they are actually actively taking the steps to build the home audio division, whether how long that takes will be seen uh, in the future, right? But I, I also hear an update to the, in my mind, the CI space, right? So I think of multi-channel amplifiers or even just the two-channel stuff, right? So we're, I'm thinking that along with the, the speakers that I talked about, whether that's in-ceiling, in-wall, floor standing, uh, on wall, however that may be, right? An update for the Mm -hmm. current thought process of generation out there because it's not a lot of, there's not a lot of the the audio files out there anymore, right? I mean, there is, but eventually the younger generation is going to have to come in and have to either go with what they know, which in my opinion isn't great, but, Mm -hmm. but if there is a company producing stuff to appeal to the younger generation and the current, uh, the current mm, installers out there that are, are used to the names that we've mentioned and JL being mm-hmm. one of them with the expansion of these types of products, maybe just maybe they will present this to the, the new generations of homeowners and things like that. And there may be, may even be updates to a few other things, right? I don't know this. These are all, Purely speculation and thoughts in my brain right now, but as your uh, term runs through the course of the next, you know, next set of decades, I don't know. It just depends. Uh, I imagine that this area of JL is going to start producing quite a bit. And again, just my thoughts. Well, let me let me give you kind of a sobering thought, um, and and that is that the iPod came out in 2001, which means that today's 50 year old was 33 when the iPod launched, um, which was a watershed moment, even though we didn't fully recognize it in the audio industry and and the way we access content. And of course, from that point forward, we had the the evolution of the smartphone and and cloud-based streaming uh, leading up to the launch of the Amazon Alexa, which was another major watershed event two years ago. And of course, we know that they've sold, you know, by industry estimates, something like 40 million Alexas. Uh, it became very quickly the best-selling speaker product uh, in, in, you know, North America, if not the world. And uh, of course, it does more than just play music, but primarily, it is used as a speaker. And so these are these are sort of epic changes in the landscape, and and people relate to audio through them. Um, in a fundamentally different way than I did when I was young. And the world was sort of traditional component uh, audio. And traditional component audio had a run roughly from the 1940s or call it 1950s up to, you know, that iPod launch. Uh, and, and you bought a CD player and a tape deck and, and a preamp of some sort or a receiver and uh, passive speakers and and uh, you wired them all up, and you know, then that eventually grew into distributed audio systems. But again, with that same paradigm of multiple sources, hardwired amplifiers with hardwired speakers, passive speakers around the house, um, that's all really pretty radically been reinvented. And um, 
you know, we don't really have, for most people anymore, multiple sources. We have the cloud and you pick your streaming apps and, and away you go. Um, the good news is when you think about it, we've got this unbelievable, you know, we couldn't have even dreamed of it, uh, access to uh, content, whether it's music or, or film or other forms of entertainment, uh, basically for free. Um, and, uh, you know, when I, when I was introducing myself to the customer team, support team at, at JL Audio and Miramar, I was giving them a little bio detail on myself, and I had just literally completed packing up my CDs and my LPs and recognized that I had over 5,000 physical media uh, discs of, of one sort or another, well, including uh, some SACDs and DVDAs in there. Yeah, go ahead. It sounds like uh, you've got a lot of stuff that you need to get off your hands. So if you want to just mail that out to the West Coast, I will gladly take it off your hands. It, it would be a heavy freight tab. <laughs> but, uh, but, but so, I, so I asked them, I said, so how many of you guys have 5,000 CDs and LPs? And it was a loaded question. I, I knew it would just get a, a bunch of giggles and, and yeah. no hands going up. Right. But I said, you know, the interesting thing is, as I thought about it, I said, you know, I'm struggling to pack all these things up. It took me a lifetime to buy all of those at somewhere between 10 and $20 per. And now you just sign up to a Spotify or a title or a, a Deezer or whatever as a streaming service. And you have many, many times that amount of content. Um, and you know what? You can carry it around in your pocket. So it's, it's quite extraordinary. And, and I think that that provides a platform to reintroduce or maybe really just to introduce high performance audio, you know, the experience of hearing that in a very lifelike way. Uh, to people that unfortunately have had it sort of dumbed down to the level of a of a you know iPhone speaker or or Amazon Alexa, um, but yeah. the trick is we have to meet them where they are. Right? I, I don't think we're really going to convince a lot of people under fifty to go backwards into kind of a twentieth century notion of an audio system or an audio video system. Um, you know, there'll always be the fringe element. Uh, there'll always be the you know the sort of late legacy element uh, again older audiophiles who are used to that um, but but introducing new people is going to be very hard and i think it's why we face a, a shrinking market uh, having said that at the end of the day there are two technologies that will always be necessary to hear music in the air and that's a speaker and amplifiers and and as with the amazon alexa they can be put together into one package and um, again, if you think about JL Audio, what do we do? We do amplified speakers. Uh, at the moment, in the home space, they're only subwoofers. But there's no reason why we have to stay there. So, I, you know, I think there's an opportunity, basically, to go out to the consumer and say, you know, there's this wonderful experience waiting for you that dovetails with the way you get content today is inherently simpler, um, can be a multi-room system, and um, and can perform at a very very high standard, and uh, without without getting into more specifics, that's where I see our opportunity, and uh, and and that's one. By the way, I think dealers need to think about this. That builds on this tremendous legacy of of JL Audio fans. Uh, I like to point out that our Facebook page has eight hundred and sixty thousand likes. Um, that's extraordinary. The, the typical audio brand is a few thousand to maybe 10, 20, 30,000. A very popular brand might crest over 100,000. But I, I'm not aware of any that have 860,000 fans. 
Um, and that just attests to the fact that when people have JL Audio on their boat or in their car or they own a JL Audio subwoofer, they're really happy. Definitely. Well, my my suggestion is as this brand or the home auto division under the JL brand starts to develop and flush out and we and you keep this thought process in mind that we just discussed about the younger generation and and trying to sell them the old audio file ways or at least trying to meet them at their level. When we talk about services, streaming audio and things like that, like I said, you know, for the most part, most people right now are probably listening to this podcast, I would guess, on one of those devices in their pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it may or may not be true, but I would think that that's, you know, for the most part, pretty accurate. Now, for those streaming media people, and I'm one of them myself, but I do have lots of vinyl CD. I think I still have a bunch of tapes somewhere. I don't know. I don't know where the tapes are, but I definitely use the vinyl and the CDs. But I do love the digital era that we live in because there's so much content at the click of a button and now I can search music, but I also have the ability to have high quality audio through services that you mentioned, uh, Deezer, Tidal, uh, Spotify offers a little bit better quality than Pandora or Beats. Um, you can have better quality audio. And I think that that is the key for the younger generation who start to at least care about it more, right? You don't have to pay for the higher quality one. You have the, uh, the more compressed version of audio that is available that allows for what I used to, to, to go into a record store and just dig for hours for, for new vinyl and, and try and find new music, new albums, things like that based off suggestions from the people in the store or friends. And you sort of can get that sort of same experience on some level through the digital format. Well, it doesn't, you know, take the same feeling that I'd get like going through the store and digging through all that music. You can still do that digitally, but way, way more access, right? You, there are so much more, there are suggestions based off of that. That sort of recreates the, the idea of what I said when I go in the store and I, you know, talk to the, the people working there and I'm looking for X, Y, Z, but it, the digital format with AI and things like that can be done. And you mentioned, uh, you know, the virtual assistants that are probably appealing to the younger generation. Well, I have a few of those myself. I primarily use them to trigger my audio systems to do things for me. Uh, it's rare that I use them as the actual speaker beyond telling it to do something for me as a control system. So for me, I use it as a the control mechanism for the system in, at home. Every once right, in a while, we'll, right. we'll play music on it. But my suggestion is, if you guys and girls get into this area of the electronics, is offer the ability of multiple services, at least on the higher quality ones. You mentioned Deezer Title, um, and this new one out of France, Quobuzz, I believe they're pronounced. Um, yep. Higher quality audio, not to say that the other ones are not as superior or they're not superior to these higher quality ones, but I would just say that the, at least allow the option for the higher quality ones for the people who want it and for the people maybe who are unaware of it. And obviously there are licensing fees and like Pandora, for example, if you don't have a license now with Pandora and as a manufacturer, you're never getting one. It's just not going to happen. They're not giving well, out here. Here, here's the interesting thing, uh, Johnny, is that I, I, I don't think there's really a need to reinvent the, the streaming device. Um, there are so many, they're basically given away, you know, uh, uh, a Google Cast audio dongle is 
thirty dollars or something. The uh, uh, yeah, Amazon Alexa Dot is forty dollars. Um, you can certainly go high end with something like a Rune and the Rune Nucleus. Yeah. Uh, 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 but but even those are relatively uh, affordable devices. Sonos, of course, are king of the hill. Yeah. And you can buy a, a, a Sonos uh, Connect for three ninety nine, I think. So, you know, it, it's a little like an audio brand trying to trying to come up with their own high performance cable box. Uh, it, it just wouldn't make economic sense uh, because the model by which those devices proliferate is is not a model that lends profitability to a third party manufacturer. And I and I see a very clear parallel into uh, these modern streaming devices. And of course, there's a tremendous redundancy. You know, how many different ways do you need a streaming device? Your, your, your game console can be a streaming device. Your Blu-ray player can be a streaming device. Your TV can be a streaming device. Yep. Um, so so there, I, don't, I don't see that as an area where we could add any particular value. And I would rather stay agnostic. I think we need to play nice with those devices. Sure. And we need the interface to be seamless. Uh, so if the consumer just wants to say, Alexa, play Rolling Stones, the Rolling Stones will start playing. But instead of coming out of a little Alexa speaker, it'll come out of something a lot more involving and, um, and you know, apply that across any of the other devices on the market. Um, you know, that technology is going to be very fast moving. And, and I think smaller audio companies, even one at our scale, would almost invariably be one step behind. You know, we, we would be launching with Alexa 2 when they roll out Alexa 3. Um, so I, I don't think that's the way we would want to play the game. I don't think, again, that's where we would add uh, at, at any particular value. Uh, and I don't think it's necessary, truth be told. Okay. I mean, that, that's fair. That I mean, that makes, no, that definitely makes sense. I, it was a suggestion, and I didn't know if that was something that you were considering because I know other, you know, like you said, there are just so many, and I feel like there's always another one like, oh, look, we made a streaming speaker around it to which some people, and you might even say the same. Well, why? They, you know, Sonos is already doing it so well, and, all these other brands and it's kind of like, do we need to have a sort of me too product just to say that we had one and they've already updated theirs when we're one version behind. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 No, we, we need to stay sensible. And as I said, I think every, every company should look at how it can add value to the, to the process and, and on the flip side, how it can't. Um, so, you know, that's, that's a lesson I learned frankly in my old company. Um, and uh, and one that uh, I will I've certainly baked into my thinking with JL Audio. <laughs> uh, any any final thoughts before we round up the show here? Well, I just I just would say that I'm really optimistic that despite the fact that it's a it's a challenging market and you know it's a turbulent market, lots of change. That at the end of the day, the experience of listening to music, uh, particularly, but also watching a movie. Uh, with a really immersive audio uh, uh, system attached to it is wonderful and people get that and it doesn't matter if they're nine years old or, or 69 years old uh, they relate to it in exactly the same way the, the experience that is the hardware the technology that's what has to evolve and uh, I think we're going to take a very enlightened approach as to how it can evolve but you know the the focus is going to remain very squarely on performance that's that's what we do best so as I say, I'm very excited to be with JL Audio. Uh, it's a great way for me to cap my, my long career. And, uh, you know, I get up every morning really excited about what we're doing. 
Well, I'm glad that you're at a company like JL, especially since one that you've had passion for, at, especially being one of the competitors to JL at some point. Uh, I think that's a great move for you. It's the number one pick that you wanted. You went after it. And now I, I'm hearing the drive to want to, to do more, right? I'm, I'm seeing the, the pieces being put together. I'm hearing the thought process. And it sounds like stuff's coming, which we can't talk about yet, of course. However, when you can talk about it, or maybe after CDN, and there's some new updates and some new news, or just you're able to share any sort of knowledge as to what's coming, I'd love to have you back. Or if you even want to just talk about audio, because it sounds like something that you're passionate about, I'd love to have you back and just have a discussion on audio. Well, thank, thank you for that. I, I always enjoy the discussion. And yeah, when we're ready to go, trust me, we'll be shouting it from the rooftops. <laughs> well, I would say for everyone listening, the best place to start basically is just going to be go to the website, www.jlaudio.com and poke around, whether you're a mobile audio, marine audio, or home audio enthusiast, uh, or power sports in gear, I, there is a solution for you. And if for most of the listeners here, I think you're probably in the in the residential space if you've been listening this long to us talk about subwoofers. They are the one to go to. Go there, check it out. Um, but just in general, head over to jlaudio.com. And if you're more of a social person like myself, you can probably check them out on the social media pages. Uh, let's start with Facebook. So it's going to be facebook.com forward slash jlaudio. They're on Twitter. It's at jlaudio. If you like visual stuff and demonstrations, go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash JL Audio Inc. INC, that is JL Audio INC. And on Instagram, it's simply at JL Audio Inc. And anyone has any questions for me regarding the show, you love it, you hate it, you want to be on the show and tell me other audio stories and tales, I'd love to hear any and all requests. I just don't want to spam, man. I'm not into that. So send me an email. It's Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com. That's Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y at ravepubs.com. And basically everything else is at jmota3, J-M-O-T-A-3, with the exception of Snapchat, which is probably just AV underscore insider. You can check me out there. Send me an email. Doug, thank you so much for sharing your time and knowledge today. I do appreciate it, and I can't wait to have you back on the show again. Great. Thank you, Johnny. It's been Thank a pleasure. You. Yeah. Uh, one, okay. more, one, one more thing real quick for all the audio hipsters out there. We didn't forget about you. Uh, I just want to share my little audio joke here. So my favorite frequency is 45,000 Hertz. You've probably never heard it before. Everyone, this has been AV Insider, a show sponsored by Tascam.